Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me. My name is Bradley Shaw, and today on Between the Covers, I have the lovely young author, Bethany R. Minster, who has written a a great sci-fi book called Tomorrow's Sunrise, Slave City. Hello, Bethany. How are you? Hi, good. And congratulations on the book. Well done. Um, And tell everybody listening, what will they expect when they uh, buy a copy of Tomorrow's Sunrise? Um, they'll expect very, very good, like, in-depth scenes, drama, action. They'll find themselves, like, it's a page to I tried to make it a page-turner as best I can. Um, and I'm, I'm, they'll find themselves with very descriptive words, um, very good scenes, in-depth um, conversations with characters and they'll find themselves thinking like are these characters actually alive within the pages well done that's very comprehensive it sounds very engaging so it's a sci-fi um a dark sci-fi thriller in setting an apocalypse is that right um yeah a little bit after Mm -hmm. the apocalypse Okay. And so what happens um, through the story? Just a quick outline for for our listeners. Well, I think, first of all, they need to know what happened during the apocalypse, what, um, Mm. what, um, how it all started. My um, prologue start idea is that um, the the world is very, very overpopulated, like, say 70 billion trillion people living on top of each other and it's just it's out of control and the governments Mm. they don't know what to do the resources Mm -hmm. are running out oil is running out hospitals are being overrun and then um when scientists um start digging into the earth they find themselves in amongst forests and um, sometimes gases and poisons are spewed out into the air and they find themselves, um, the hospitals find themselves with the um, urgency to have new cures such as much like we had with COVID, like everyone was running around trying to find a cure as soon as possible because everyone was getting sick and dying. Um, So um, everyone, like children, um, the weak, the old, many of them pass away and um, so everyone's going all frantic, going, ah! everywhere and (laughs) trying to fight for themselves, fight for their families. Um, And so the whole earth kind of implodes on itself or humanity implodes on itself and Mm. very, very few of them um, humanity survives. And what remains is um, people who find themselves with the most like land or 
you know, resources, yeah. um, try and, um, um, I guess, imprison or entice um, people with not that many things or barely anything on their back and try and um, they try and um, make them themselves become leaders kind of and turning themselves into kind of like gods um, mm-hmm. <laughs> among ordinary people because they find they have the most resources and they can say yes you can have this yes you can have that or they can ask them um, tell them that they want all their stuff in in exchange for very little things mm, um, that's a very comprehensive storyline though <laughs> yeah, and it's um, very complex. Hmm. Yeah, those are the ancestors of the lords who now find think of themselves as gods, and Farah yeah. the um the main character, as we see her as the first um first person character, she finds herself under the um as a as a maid or more of a slave, with a few of her friends um, uh, under the um, orders and leadership of one of these lords who are descendants of these evil people. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. So her journey through the story is what we follow? Is that what you're saying? Yes, we follow her story. She, um, after some very traumatic experiences and scenes that the Readers will re- sit witness for themselves, I guess you can say. Um, she is sold to an even more imperious family um, called the Cowans, and they own a they they lord over a city called Busan, whose civilians um, they call nickname it Slave City. And the re- my readers will find this out through her journey and Busan as to the reason, the very obvious reasons why they call it Slave City. Yeah, oh, that's a uh, that's fantastic. So, was this um, the the complexity of this story? Obviously, it sounds like you had to take uh, quite a bit of time in in researching. I guess the imagination of a future and understanding. Um, the the prediction did you did you think consciously about what would happen if if it was a future to come in as you say is apocalyptic and in this situation did you have to create was it difficult to create those scenarios and that storyline for most of it yes but I did discover with the author J.K. Rowling um she created a story map which I kind of I guess you could say borrowed to yeah. create the stages in my chapters for the main characters, where they go, what happens to them, you know, all those sorts of things um, leading up to the um, epic conclusion. Um, um, I guess fantastic. you could say for the prologue, I kind of, I think logically as well. Mm. And logically, I feel like, this is my um, idea of how the world is going to end, I guess you can say. <laughs> now, we've had that conversation before where um, some colleagues of mine have said that sci-fi seems to have a very pertinent place in the sense that it does have some predictive elements in it. If you do look at history, there's been sci-fi books that have actually predicted things in the future 
And sometimes, you know, they do have that uh, ability to create foresight. I hope yours um, doesn't happen to come <laughs> true. But, <laughs> uh, but if it does, I guess there's a book we can always reference for what to do. But was it a long task when writing the book? Was it a long uh, process for you? I mean, this is your first published novel, is that right? Yes. It was a long journey, but it's not only because of um, the writing stages that I had to do. It's also Mm -hmm. because I've also been in the process of studying as well. So I had to get my priorities straight. That's why it probably took me twice as long to write it than what it would usually take. Yeah, and you're not alone there because a lot of authors, especially first-time authors, do have to uh, have those responsibilities of life and uh, things they need to do. And, of course, writing is noise, that luxury that they can do full-time yet. Um, but this is a great attempt and a great uh, addition to the first um, release that you've you've achieved. So, again, congratulations on that. Was it? Uh, what was the parts of the books that you enjoyed writing the most? Where did you find yourself really getting involved and engaged <laughs> in the whole process? I think my readers will find that most of the strong elements and the stronger scenes that they'll read is more of the graphic side <laughs> that they'll find. <laughs> my, I kind of swallowed myself within the, like I felt like I was actually in the room with the characters yeah, and good. watching the action and trying to imagine as best as I can from the point of view of the main character, Farah, of what was yeah. happening, what she was seeing, what was coming at her, that sort of stuff. I kind wow. of swallowed wow. myself up with descri- descriptive words, which my editor and I kind of had to cut down on a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but that's right. But as you say, you're immersive, and that's the thing. When you're writing something that you enjoy, it always shows, and readers will see that as well when they read it, as you say. So um, how long did it take you to write this this story, given the impact of your life and in study? What, how long was it, really? Um, I'd say roughly two, two to three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and when did you decide that it was something you wanted to try and get published? Like a lot of writers will write books and stories and sometimes put them aside and, and lose their own interest. Was this something you always sort of had a goal for or, or was that something that came up later when you thought, you know, it's getting there and... It's something you want to pursue. It has been a goal of mine to have a career as being an author because Mm -hmm. I have felt like I had something unique to give to the world. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know how to give it to the world. And I found that um, during the process of writing this book that I've gotten a lot better in my um, writing style and Mm -hmm. I'm along the way of my editors have kind of been my teachers and instructors as well when learning um, how to do punctuation better, how to do mm-hmm. descriptive scenes, how to, like, um, make sentences connect to each other, I guess mm, you could yeah. say, without yeah. um, making it seem seamless, without making it seem like this is one scene and this is another scene and yeah. making them kind of connect. Yeah, and that's an important thing, I think, through being a first-time author. I think a lot of authors do find that advice and that support through editing uh, a real learning curve, and I think it does give you that chance to improve on your own writing and um, find your voice and really strengthen it. And and, uh, based on that, I imagine, is there more books to come from you, Bethany, in the future? Are you still writing Um, now? Yeah, I am still writing now. I did have hopes to write 
um, the second and third book, as well as starting another series that I kind of started doing plot lines for, um, <laughs> which is cl- a completely different theme. Um, and um, I am still working on the second, the first draft of the second book, which I hope to send to my publishers, you guys, yeah. Um, yeah. by the end of before the end of this year, so that that the second book can be sent and launched next year. Oh, good. Good. That's exciting. So, yeah, so um, and having said that, so you've got a plan for writing more, which is awesome. Um, and what else is is in the works for you? Like what what do you see and, and, and hope to come out of your writing? Um, and also for the readers, when it's released, it's coming out soon. What do you hope the, the feedback is for the book? I believe that it's going to be very positive during the promotion period when I'm promoting by myself. I um, started doing the social media promotions on my Mm -hmm. own personal page and on Instagram, on Twitter and on good, well, kind of on Goodreads. I'm still working on that. And it has (laughs) been very, very positive on Instagram. I've got almost 50,000 people interested which is really impressive and I never really expected that and I've almost doubled in my followers which is also really good 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 and that's important to have a good support network a good you know following especially if you're a first-time author to get that book out there and and, you know for people to enjoy and having said that um everybody listening uh, Bethany's book is coming out in September Tomorrow Sunrise Slave City will be available in all bookstores and libraries that you uh, can buy through. So just um, drop in to ask for it or if at least online you can get order it anywhere books are sold. And we do ask that you do support Bethany and other independent authors in their journey. And, um, Bethany, thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's been great talking to you. It's been really great talking to you. And uh, everyone listening, please do buy uh, a copy of the book and take care for the next time that we talk. And uh, thank you for listening. Stay, Stay well, everybody. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.